1: Shake them ropes. Second episode of the week. Jeff Hawkins here with Chris Novembrino. Chris, we're going to have a uh, we're going to have a production meeting. Um, okay. I am I I am making an editorial decision that we will now eliminate numbered episodes. Oh, okay, all right. Because this this week we had our second episode number three thirty, and it's just we're just putting out too much content to really keep up with numbers. So I'll try and figure out wacky titles, and you can help out as well with these titles. We're just gonna be str. And we'll have a header. That's all we're going to do. So if it seems weird to you guys, sorry. Apple's kind of pushing not numbering episodes as well.
0: This is kind of a strong rebuke of my counting, is what you're saying here.
1: Well, you know, STEM education being what it is, Chris. Uh,
0: (laughs) I did really good on the English part of the SAT. The the math math part was a little draggy, but, you know, whatever. I got
1: perfect on the math. That's my problem. (laughs) And then I took it. Never took another math class again because it's just like I don't really like math. It's just my mom was a math teacher, so I I knew math. Uh, yeah. Um. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Second half of the week, I'll do the cleanup section first. Chris, do you have anything from Raw or SmackDown that we missed? I
0: don't think I do. What do you have got?
1: I don't have anything. I just wanted to bring up a couple of news items. Uh, apparently. Stacy Irvin Jr., who was a trainee at NXT, who we saw on TV, have a wonderful um, match. I believe it was against Eichner and. Um,
0: That's right. He was quite good in that match. He really showed something in he that. He was
1: team. He was team with Umberto. Career, right? Sure. Uh, he he is. He is, Some say he has retired permanently. Others say he is on a leave of absence. Um, fears over concussion related symptoms, um, are making him second guess his wrestling career. I, I find this very disheartening news because I thought he had a hell of a lot of charisma. Apparently, on the Largo Loop and some of the Florida shows, he had been really knocking him dead. Um, he is a gymnast. Uh, he, ha- he has that background. I believe he's also dating uh, a member of the Olympic team. Uh, <laughs> and
0: him and Carrillo <laughs> combined met. together were an incredible high-flying team that WWE really hasn't had.
1: Yeah, him and uh, a a, foot- a guy who came from the football background who was also concerned about concussions left the training program, which, uh, you know, we'll see if he comes back. We'll see who's correct. I kind of have my doubts. I think people who don't come in automatically loving wrestling will eventually kind of get that that feeling that, hey... I was an actual athlete with other skills. I can go coach or do something else, as opposed to this.
0: It is a risky business, especially compared to coaching, right?
1: Risky business, baby. I go every time I hear risky business. I hear Dusty Rhodes in my head. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, it's funny. <laughs> I news, almost
0: did it in the Dusty Rhodes voice, but I wasn't sure I was going to slide into it. Right.
1: I'm I'm bringing I'm bringing the jokes about NXT because I got them this week. Uh, the other, speaking of NXT, uh, Triple H had his usual pre takeover conference call, and Keith Lee has an undisclosed injury, so the, uh, Lee Dijakovic match scheduled for takeover is off, apparently. I, I find that also disappointing because I think with that crowd, if they put on half as good a match as they did at, at Evolve two years ago, or in pwg last year i think that would have been a barn burner
0: yeah i agree it's disappointing this was going to be one of those undercard matches that was probably going to capture a lot of eyeballs and certainly build up the winner of that for a nice little push coming out of it
1: okay so my ranking of shows this week was nxt nxt uk and 205 live i will give you the honors of selecting where we go first
0: Let's do 205 Live because I feel like we can get through that one pretty darn quickly. A
1: lot of dancing on this show. There there was a lot of dancing. (laughs) Um,
0: So a couple few weeks ago, the Lucha House Party came out and had the mics and started off 205 Live, and I actually thought that that was pretty good, but... For whatever reason, what they were doing a couple few weeks ago did not translate over to this episode of 205 Live at all. I think the spinner in Rattlers, um, especially held down at the waistline, it's it's a bit much. It's a bit much. We can we can calm out, down on that. And uh, just a little too zany. Just a little too zany.
1: Chris, they're literally having a party when they're in the ring because, you see, they bring the pinata in. <laughs> Um, this match was somewhat important to storytelling and keeping it going. The story of Umberto Carrillo and the tutelage of one Drew Gulak. Um, I liked the ending of it. I gotta be honest with you. It's not, I I don't need pure matches. I do need a well-told story. And they they finally got around to it. Umberto Carrillo goes up to the top rope. Drew Gulak uh, tells him to get back down. They start arguing on the apron, which I don't particularly care for, roll up pin on, on Drew Gula, or on uh, Umberto Carrillo. So I th- I think that's who it was. I'm, I'm trying to remember that. But uh overall it was you know, it's a it was a well choreographed match. There was just no heat for it for me.
0: No, no heat for it for me either. I was just watching what the dynamics were gonna be on the essentially the heel team in this matchup the entire time. I wasn't really paying attention to the Lucha House Party. And you knew there was going to be drama. So it does take you out of the actual action of the match here. Um, you know, I, we've talked about better ways to get to the point where they've gotten to now in this story on past episodes of Shake Them Ropes when we when we talked about Umberto Carrillo and his dynamic with Drew Gulak. I, I think that to a certain extent, what would have been better is if Carrillo just came out and had a match against, let's say, Kalisto and Drew Gulak was outside the ring and he costs Umberto Carrillo the match. I I think that that probably would have worked a little bit better.
1: Or, you know, he just does the match and he wins on the top rope and for some reason Drew Gulak is angry at this. Right,
0: right. At the end of it, he's pouty and stuff. And yeah, I I don't know that we need to go to the six-man spot yet because I think if you're going to do that, then what needs to happen afterwards is then Drew Gulak turns on Carrillo because Carrillo still hasn't learned his lesson. He's cost him a match now.
1: Mike and Maria Canales are interviewed backstage. Um, We're getting a rematch with Akira Tozawa, but this time Kendrick's in the corner. I... Okay, great.
0: Yeah, I'm really locked in for this feud. Oh, boy.
1: The the Buddy Murphy promo, you know, it's... I'm tired of the line, I'm here to protect you kind of stuff. You know, the security guys are here to protect you from me or whatever. I, I... I didn't like the fact that Tony Nese was actually in the building. I, oh, I don't it's know funny. why. See, it's like-
0: the thing I liked about that is uh, not that long ago, I played this game called Alien Isolation, where it's like the sequel to the movie Alien. and you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I've, yeah I, I've seen that game.
0: So this kind of reminded me of that, where Buddy Murphy's cutting the promo and Tony Nese drops down from the vents like the Alien. Um And it stalks <laughs> Buddy Murphy. So when you're watching it from that slant, then all of a sudden this promo is very good. But but I am kind of with you. I, I think there's something off about this story. I need Tony to feel more betrayed. I need to be more behind Tony. Making Buddy a prick isn't where this story needs to go. I need to actually want to cheer Tony.
1: Yeah, and no, you're exactly right because Buddy's already established as a prick. It's it's that Tony Nieves has not been built up as a guy we're supposed to cheer for. He's always been the lackey of Buddy Murphy. And look, the turn itself. And then itself, Drew
0: Gulak before that, and then yeah. Enzo Amore, who mm-hmm. he who shall not be named before that.
1: That's the story they need to tell us. He's always been somebody's second banana, and that that now he's going to be on his own. But you have to make him likable, not just in the way of you know they 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 decided okay. He turned on him as an opportunist. It, it that it doesn't that's that by itself is not going to babyface someone to a crowd because he was already a jerk. And this is his comeuppance for being a jerk is that the bigger jerk is going to stop a mud hole in the other jerk. I, you, you have to make him, you have to give him actual positive qualities to, to, for people to, to get around
0: to him. Yeah, even if you don't want to keep Tony Nese. Nice- face for very long because you have different plans coming out of wrestlemania you need him to be a face going into this match so that this match doesn't get cold
1: yeah and uh, well i mean it's they have one week they have a go-home show that's yeah, it no we
0: missed the boat on build this up- i mean they can try but this yeah this missed the beat here they needed to be focusing on tony and not buddy
1: And then to to finish up the show, I thought Arya, Davari, and Cedric Alexander was a fine match. I I, I, and that's what I said. It's fine. I hated what they did with Lurk in here. I I just what are you? He's like
0: a frothing dog. He's turned into Rick Steiner all of a sudden on the outside.
1: You know what it feels like, and I'll 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 give I'll give you this. It's like they decided. It feels like Vince cast Oni Lurk in here. He looks like a guy, well, he's not a leading man, he's kind of ugly, he looks kind of like a frothing dog when he's angry, he's just sitting there seething all the time. So that's what we're going to have him do, we're just going to have him get angrier and angrier in the chair, and then he's going to freak out about his jacket. He has to freak out about the jacket, because the jacket's important to him, you know, that kind of stuff. And you're like, I'm like, dude... When he took <laughs> off the
0: jacket and showed the shirt, the Oni Rules love shirt, the shirt, and like, stared at everyone like, ha ha ha, ha ha ha, I'm like, oh no, but because we've always known that shirt as a babyface shirt, I-, I mean, I get it, I get what they think they're doing, but it also distracted from this match where Arya Davari was actually working pretty well here, it's a real shame how they have just completely miscast this guy, um, and misused this guy for the last, what? Two months now, three months now.
1: Oh, it hasn't been that long. He's only been in for a few weeks since since his tournament began. Oh
0: well, I'm saying, I mean, even the even the pairing with Kenta was kind of not ideal for him.
1: Oh, Arya Davari. Sorry, I thought we were still talking about only. One.
0: No, I'm talking about Arya <laughs> Oh, Okay.
1: No, I. You know what? Yeah, they they don't know what they want him to be. No, because they had a character one week, they had a character the next week, and this is like his third or fourth character. Reboot type of thing right now. And, and yeah, the Kenta pairing was interesting, but then, you know, he was a Playboy at first, and then he was a Street Fighter. And this week he's like a combination
0: of the Street Fighter, but he still has the gold chain. He's like a hodgepodge of all the various characters we got in this week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, well, whatever stereotype we want you to play this week, you're going to play. Uh, I want to go back to the Lorcan thing because it's just—it was such a over-the-top reaction to a jacket that that I just go, "Dude, really?" (laughs) I mean, because he needs to be (laughs) a heel,
0: Jeff. That I mean, you—you know, we really need to hit you over the head with it. He's a heel.
1: What is making him angry during the course of the match, where he's almost you know frothing at the mouth, or did they just say play a dog? Because I don't know which one it is. Because they were putting over the craze, the rabid dog stuff, a little bit too hard for me to not think that that's going to eventually be a nickname. So it, it's,
0: it's yeah, almost either like Mad of those Dog where, or Lunatic Oni Lorkin. Like, he might be the inheritor of the Lunatic Fringe. Maybe not the Fringe part, but the Lunatic moniker.
1: But it's almost too on the nose. You know what I'm saying? It, DC Comics did this at one time where it's like. They had these animal-themed villains who literally became animals after selling their souls, and it's like, eh, that's a little too on the nose for me. I don't believe Killer Moth's really a moth, guys. I, I don't. I-, I don't need that. I don't need Copperhead to really be a snake. It's fine for him to be a themed bee villain here. It doesn't make him any cooler to be a real animal. Um, and I think that's what they're doing here. That's what it feels like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't care for this much at all. I- I'm not excited about this at all heel Oni Lorcan it's not a bad idea but I hate this heel character
1: well they had done so much to build him up in NXT regular right with, right. with Danny Birch, I mean the, he got over as a gritty gutty you know blue collar lunch pail wrestler in a tag team and and here
0: he'll be a steady hand as a heel but, one of the big issues on this brand is that they don't have dynamic baby faces that the crowd is really attached to, and that was something that the arrival of Oni Lorkin offered some promise on
1: well here here Here's the other thing is for eighty percent of that crowd, this is introducing Oni Lorkin and what they're supposed to think of him, and it's not very good for the twenty percent who know him from n x t they have all that babyface goodwill, so your smart fans who could then educate everybody else around you
0: <laughs> are still making up their <laughs> mind like, how they feel about this. Are character. Are still kind of going, right. "What the yeah, hell is exactly. this?" And what are they
1: doing? Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I also think that this is more foreshadowing for post WrestleMania too. Like only, yeah. Oh
1: yeah, no, they're they they're 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 setting the board for for different feuds for WrestleMania. That's fine. I I just. Overall it was it was kinda like I, I, I ended it and I kinda went, Yep, it that was an hour of two oh five all Yeah, right.
0: it sure was. It sure was. And so then let's let's do UK. Let's do UK first. Let's uh finish off with uh US here. So this show began with a match between Jordan Devlin where he murdered Dan Maloney at the end of this match, Jeff. Um boy, that was that was one hell of a belly to back suplex that he delivered onto Dan Maloney.
1: And that's a, that's a fascinating. Finish oh, I'm sorry, move back because, body drop. Yeah, but it basically looked like he dropped him on his yeah, head.
0: Yeah. Oh no, it was like very 1995 Japan style.
1: And he's not. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that to guys bigger than him. That that's my kind of. Okay, why are they having this guy who does great aerial work kind of do that? I don't know. I I will admit I'm a little bit ignorant as to his finish. In other promotions, um, if that's his new finisher, it's going to be interesting to see how long he gets to keep it. Uh, I like. I, I've turned the corner on Jordan Devlin, mostly because of of his outside WWE promo work. It's fantastic. I think he's a great, and he's starting to get the swagger here. He he, he has very cocky. I mean, his cocky mannerisms are fantastic. It's just I'm I'm. I, He's still a little bit too for lack of a better term, wwe ized for me, uh compared to what he is in other 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 territories. But right now I like this as a match. I liked getting him over like this. I like him being number two heel behind Walter. That's what I want him to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I like Devlin a lot and I, I thought that this was a very effective usage of Devlin's time here on this show. Next mm-hmm. came Cassius Ono, um, out to address his actions from last week, and he was very sorry, and then he pulled out his phone, and he had a prepared statement of how sorry he was.
1: <laughs> well, well, you know, you can't speak from the heart. You have to speak from the phone, Chris.
0: Well, I think, you know, sometimes when you've got really emotional stuff inside, Jeff, you need to organize your thoughts and you need to write it down. And I, I no, applaud okay. Cassisona for not wanting to say the wrong thing at the wrong time.
1: Chris, as an American, since we've won so many wars against Britain and since we've saved them so many times, I don't think he has to apologize. I, I think I think he's just fine... He used out right on the credit. Is what down you're the oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, but <laughs> all all semi trolling aside, uh, I am fine with a feud between him and Travis Banks. I think, as, as I've said before, Travis Banks' problem has always been he's been a miscast heel against contenders who are bigger than he is. Here, he can be kind of be. I mean, he has that Daniel Bryan smaller babyface quality to his work. He has a certain gruffness to his character. I, I'm, I'm all for this feud if he can help build up Travis Banks. Somehow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that this is a really good opportunity, and Cassis Ono continues to bring his lunch pail to wherever he goes in this company, and I applaud him for doing so then we got a video of Dave mastiff in the gym and I liked this I thought this did a much better job resetting this guy as not kind of a goofy fellow and more of a serious character we haven't seen mastiff in a minute and this got me excited for him to return
1: oh agreed I, I agreed I, I liked all the I liked all the video packages I think on this show I, I liked the I liked the Ginny one I thought that was yeah, pretty yeah that one was good.
0: really cool I like that one
1: uh i, I I'm look I, I'm I'm heavily biased to liking Ginny. I- I'd like to see her get a run with the belt. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I really, really like her a lot. I, I just think she... Just <laughs> the absolute aura she brings in terms of heelishness and, and and just... Look, there are some people you can't redeem, and Ginny, to me, is one of them.
0: <laughs> we then had Rhea Ripley versus Zaya Brookside, and I thought that this was a very clever, building up Zia Brookside in the loss match, and and very well structured. And it took me a minute to kind of buy into Zia Brookside, and she was kind of touch and go at various points in this match, but she did eventually kind of switch it on, and she looked good here, but then the right person went over here, and Ripley got the win, but she had to work for it.
1: They've had issues pushing Zaya Brookside, because she's very young, she's very pretty, She's also the head coach's son, or daughter. <laughs> Oops. She, she's the head coach's daughter. And so they, they haven't really been able to get in a lane where they know, where they can figure out how to push her without getting backlash. Because it's like, okay.
0: I mean, her last name given, is Brookside. I mean, they they're advertising yeah. it, and it's kind of waved in your face. But there are points... Where she looks like a legit good wrestler. I mean, she's still really young, so I, I do believe that oh, in you know a few years here she could be really, really good. She's a strong asset. Oh, she's very talented. Yeah.
1: She's very talented. I didn't. I, I'm not. I'm not undercutting her training because it's obvious she has really good training. This was the Cool Hand Luke match. You know, in the movie Cool Hand Luke, Cool Hand Luke versus Dragline, and Dragline just keeps telling him, "Stay down, stay down, stay down." Uh, until until she finally just can't do anymore. But I I really liked how they built Zia Brookside here. I, I thought, yeah, Rhea Ripley needed to win because of course she's the dominant monster in this division. But you gotta you gotta keep rebuilding her back up after she loses to Tony Storm. And Zaya Brookside's the perfect person to do this to. She's kind of the number two or three baby face. Um, here it's kind of tricky uh, because although, it managed
0: to build up both of them at the same time. Both of them yes. ended up yeah, coming out good. looking better off this match.
1: And then uh, Piper Niven makes her debut in NXT, NXT UK. It, the problem with this is nobody remembers her from the first May Young Classic except the hometown people there. And it, it's one of those things where they really need to hammer that home after her debut, I thought, on this show. Here, here's the videotape of her from the Mae Young Classic and how great she was. Because I think you need that kind of sense of immediacy. I, I do, for especially those of us who are not Eurocentric wrestling fans. Yeah, especially because otherwise, she's going to be like,
0: presented as dominant. Dominant people yeah. come out and do something dominant. Like So contrast Piper Niven's arrival to Walter's arrival, right? Yeah. Walter comes out and... He, you know, makes jokes out of Gallus at the end of that NXT takeover. Piper Niven comes out, and she just comes out, and she grabs a microphone. She's like, I'm in charge now. I'm dominant.
1: Yeah. It was kind of like, okay, great, but, you know, why should I believe you when I've seen... I just saw Rhea Ripley kill a girl, almost. What, what have you done?
0: Or, I mean How really, can you say yeah, really, what Piper Niven should do although she's supposed to be the face in this feud what Piper Niven should be doing although Zaya Brookside is also the wrong person for this as well would be grabbing oh, yeah. Zaya Brookside and making a statement to Rhea Ripley and then like looking at her but it doesn't work with the story you just told
1: I, Yeah and I don't I don't think you do that with a character like Piper Niven No because no I think because she's also push...
0: supposed to be a baby face in this feud Right yeah.
1: yeah and and
0: So it leaves you in this weird place where you don't have any tools in the toolbox that's what I'm saying
1: Yeah She's also a certain kind of babyface, where they're going to play up. uh, Look, they're going to play up her size as being positive, role model type stuff, much like they did Nia Jax as a babyface. I think so. So you don't want to. You don't want to turn people on her being. You don't want to make her the the lone wolf type of babyface. No, which, which is the type of babyface that would beat up a Brooks Brookside and throw her around as well, and then stare at Rhea Ripley.
0: That said, you've got to figure out a way to actually back up her claim of being dominant. So exactly, it, yeah, it's yeah. it's a tight line to walk, is all I'm saying.
1: And I and I think you know what there was this problem here, and there it was also a problem on NXT regular with Lacey Lane, who also had a hell of a run in the in the second May Young Classic, and it was just like, well, we're just going to allude to it, we're just going to mention it right now you know and and then not not show it you know like before her match which would have been nice you, 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 if you're introducing people don't just throw them out there and go well this person was a competitor here here and there you know it's like it's like comic books where where you know the continuity editor has to like put an asterisk and say at last seen in like JLA episode 13 or 14 you know it, it's it's give it to us now so that we can have the memory and then go with where you're going with the story versus the other way around.
0: After that, we had several packages here. We had Radzi talking to Isla Dawn backstage. Isla Dawn gets interrupted by Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray tells Isla Dawn, don't think just because we're both Scottish that we're all friends. You might be next. So get ready for Kaylee Ray and Isla Dawn to lock horns at some point here in the next few weeks.
1: Battle of the Redhead Witches.
0: There we go. Then we had a <laughs> look at Walter. I thought this was really well put together too. Yes. Yeah.
1: Especially uh who is it? the uh I can't remember his name, the the small enhancement talent that's at the PC where they do Oh, the, Jack, the, Stars. The,
0: yes. <laughs> Jack, Jack Stars. Yes, Jack Stars. Jack Star. <laughs> that was that was excellent.
1: Yeah, Jack Jack Stars' chest <laughs> is excellent having Mark Andrews talk about him was excellent. Sid Scala continues to be one of the best things about this show, in my opinion. I
0: agree. I really like Sid Scala, and he really has something compelling. I don't know that it would work on any of the other brands, but he really shines on this particular brand. In, in, in the same way that like Drake Maverick shines on his particular brand. They both just really stand out.
1: Although I will look at him in the suit with, with you know his kind of throwback slicked hair, and all I think is Vincent Kartheiser from Mad Men.
0: Interesting. Okay, guy who okay. plays...
1: Pete and it's like oh man
0: yeah then we had Radzi interviewing Trent Seven Trent Seven is mad about being called dead weight he's going to have a match against Joe Coffee here in the coming weeks here and he wants to shut Joe Coffee up
1: Trent Seven's too charming not to like because Radzi's first question is so what are you up to? He goes, well, I'm standing next to you right now, and you're so nappily dressed. He here. does very fun
0: <laughs> promos about nothing. Like th- This was super yes. light on the substance, but he is very fun, and he would be more fun if he had more things to say. He didn't have a ton to say.
1: It's, almost like, he's, it's almost like he's trolling corporate protocol with what he's doing with, with his promos.
0: <laughs> then we had... Uh, I liked this, too, and this was different. Lots of different styles of promo on this show, and, and one thing I will applaud at to UK because we're kind of hard on them sometimes but I thought this episode was a really nice exhibition of all of these different promo packages that made sense for all of these different wrestlers. So each one got something different that worked specifically for them. So the look at Walter wouldn't necessarily work for Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner. but what we're talking about now with Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner, I really like this, where they're watching the video of Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan from last week, and they, they talk back and forth, and they talk about how those guys are idiots, and then they don't even blame them, they blame all of the fans and talk about how the ring to them is sacred. This is good. This is good character building for these two.
1: Oh, it's very good. I am I am not certain that these are the types... See, in, in NXT UK it'll work. It would never work on the main roster because that it's basically a revival-type gimmick. You know, wrestling is sacred, wrestling is important to us, not this flashy stuff, not, not this, not it that. It will travel you know, over I, to I NXT to
0: US, though, especially because they don't have the revival to play yes. around with right now.
1: Well, it, it gets over with me. That's what I'm saying. It gets over with me. I don't know how it gets over with your casual fan who likes, you know, who, who likes a little bit more sizzle than steak. Well,
0: these matches tend to have sizzle. You know, I mean, that's the sneaky yeah. thing is that Eichner tends to bring well, a little very, bit of flash to his style here so bartell does the traditional heel style wrestling that you and i value and eichner does a fair amount of that as well but then when we get later on in the match here you know bartell he'll he'll do a little suicide dive to the outside here but then eichner will yeah he'll fly around
1: no i love this team i i love the and i love the promo i'm i'm more looking at big picture rather than just keeping it in a bubble type of thing and Look it gets over with me because I love this kind of team I, I I was just think, you know it it's a lot like falling in love with uh Birch and Lorkin. They need that one really long drawn out match where they get over in defeat, and then they'll be on their way Then, then you can't question them. their their short matches have been great, nice sprints, but they need that kind of long twenty to twenty five minute struggle where they almost win but they fall just short. That that's what uh that's what's really going to help these types of promos.
0: And then up next a match that I unfortunately knew the finish to already going in. This was between Mark Andrews and Nome Dar and ends rather abruptly when the reverse hurricane rana spot that Mark Andrews tries to attempt on Nome Dar ends in Nome Dar getting injured when Mark Andrews lands on the outside. or oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mark Andrews lands on the outside of Noam Dar's leg, and his leg just kind of buckles on him.
1: Yeah, that's a shame because this match, I thought this match was a lot shorter when I read the uh, when I, when I read the uh, review and and whatnot. No, this was a nice long drawn out yeah. match. It was getting them both over. Crowd had really gotten into it, and then it just freak injury, and and it's a shame because both guys. Uh, were hurt during this match, so we'll see. I mean, Noam Dar had just come back from the knee injury, and I think he had come back a little bit too quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's just unfortunate. Uh, you know, not necessarily a great mark for the reverse Hurricane Rana spot too. It it can be a little bit dangerous at times. Yeah. So then we get Pete Dunn and Walter in the contract signing. Now, what did you think about Walter talking here, Jeff? Didn't want it. I agree. Um, because, because number one, it was
1: timed weird for when, when Pete was, was leaving. I did like him calling him Peter. I thought that was a nice touch. Pizza! But he didn't, but all he did was say, I could slam you through this table at any time. I'm like, yeah, but I know that. You're Walter. You're a big guy. You don't need to tell me things I already know. You just need to be you just need to look mean and scowl. I just like the fact that he just he just took the contract and he signed it and went on his way like this is an everyday occurrence with me. I am a badass. I am Walter. Watch me roar
0: yeah there I mean I have the transcript of this promo right here Peter and this is in German, your time is up. Don't look at me like that. You know exactly. I could just reach over and put you through that table like I just said. Your time is up, and in New York City. The reign of the bruiserweight will end because this title was mine. There are way too many words in that promo.
1: Way too many. I'm going to kill you. Would have come over better, but they can't
0: say kill in in there. Um that's mine.
1: You know, that's mine or or
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I don't even think that Walter should be saying the phrase your time is up multiple times because it's so synonymous with john cena L- like uh, i i don't know like that to me just seems like an obvious catch here i, I thought this was mishandled
1: here's something else here here was another mishandling i think and-, and let me know if you agree with this johnny saint cutting that promo and saying we're gonna have the biggest match in nxt uk history in new york oh, city man.
0: boy was the, the, <laughs> that was and, a potential landmine I, I i thought that was going to get just, out of the building it got lukewarm response at best
1: yeah that was da- you know what that was dangerous that was about as dangerous as as during smackdown you remember at the very beginning when when they were talking about quitting and i was i was thinking man what happened if an aew chant broke out here in this stadium there was. I mean, look, that crowd was a little mixed on the New York, but there was potential for them to boo the hell out of that.
0: Yeah, right. And then what's Johnny Saint going to do to turn that around, right?
1: He's not good off script. He'd look at Sid and go, Sid, call, calm him
0: down. Yeah, right. No, Johnny, Johnny <laughs> Saint is doing. this promotion's Kurt Angle as a general manager. <laughs> oh, he's a Shane McMahon as general manager. Shane had moments. I, I don't know, Kurt. I'm, I'm going with Kurt here. Uh, you want to do NXT US now? Oh, I am I am so looking forward to this. Okay, okay. So this episode began with Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole squaring off and cutting a promo on each other, getting us ready for the NXT title match. What would you think about this, Jeff?
1: I, I liked it. I wish Adam Cole had been a little bit more of a jerk like a real jerk not a WWE sports entertainment jerk um i thought johnny came off <laughs> johnny won the promo because his snarkiness about a million reasons why and i thought he was going to start counting at one point but um you know it, it it's your basic face to face promo getting to you know your cut lines you know i he johnny's working towards getting to the crowd to say johnny freaking wrestling Adam Cole's getting to say uh, Undisputed Um, It was fine, I liked the Staging of it, I liked that Cole got mad after Gargano finished his promo, it's almost like He's collecting his thoughts as he's Walking around the ring, and he cuts off The music to give the rest of his promo I liked that, that staging of it
0: I liked that as well But yeah, I needed Adam Cole to be More of an Undisputed jerk here and mm-hmm. to a certain extent, Johnny was being an antagonist. And we like Johnny, and that's cool. Al- although, you know, like, <laughs> Johnny did it inadvert- inadvertently in real life, obviously. But he did just injure J- Tommaso Ciampa, too. So, like, him being a jerk, like, a couple weeks after that, I don't think is necessarily the best placement in the world.
1: Yeah, he need he needed to be more pure babyface, yeah, I thought. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Just a little bit. No, just starry-eyed dreamer. This is my chance. I've wanted this, and not try to rub it in the face of Adam Cole, and Adam Cole needed to come out and go, like, you're a failure. Like, there's a reason why people call you Johnny Failure.
1: This was more when Gargano was teasing a turn where he was so obsessed with the belt that anybody but Tommaso. You know, and he needs to come out and go, hey, guys, I'm back. I'm yours again. I'm the audience's hero again. And he did that with words, but he didn't do that with tone. And that's also Adam
0: Cole shouldn't mention Lifetime movies. That's not a thing I believe that Adam Cole spends a lot of time watching. It, it that feels Hallmark yeah. Channel.
1: Hallmark Channel would have been a much better reference. Okay.
0: All right, that I mean, or just not doing that. The next we had Vanessa Bourne, who now dresses like a dominatrix, and Aaliyah versus Lacey Lane and Casey Katnizaro, and. Um, yes. So what do you think about Born new costume change here?
1: I love the name Born and Bougie. I do. I, you I thought know they what? were
0: pretty in pink. I thought that that was the name that was getting tossed around.
1: That, I'll take that, too. Look, Vanessa's always dressed a little bit too much like a lingerie model slash hooker. That's always been her problem. Um, this match, she was Ring General Vanessa Born, which is kind of surprising. Uh, but she was the one leading everybody around here. I think in many, many ways. Uh, I, I absolutely adore the ski jacket on Aaliyah because it it fit the outfit somewhat. Um, look, I I, <laughs> I, I, I like them as a team. They needed something. If if it'll continue on, hey, a color
0: scheme I'm, gives I'm them more cohesion. It. And yeah, know yes. I'm on board with that as well. I because I...
1: they're still not there in the ring no. for me at all.
0: No. Um, but you can hide that a little bit better if they have gloss and gimmick. That's kind of what you try to work out in NXT. And Lacey Lane and Casey Catnazzaro. Um, you know, this was not the best Casey Katnazzaro. The one thing I will say is I thought the spot when Shayna Baszler showed up and Casey was able to get out of the Terafuda Clutch the first time and show off a little bit of her escape artistry, that was the right amount of Casey showing something because she's still a little rough. You don't want to overexpose her at this point, but you do want to show some flashes, and I thought that was a good usage of her.
1: Let let me tell you something, though, Chris. I I applauded uproariously when Shayna Baszler took this little flippy-doo girl and, ch- and said, yeah, you're not flipping on me again, and just choked her out. I'm like, yes! If this is a fight and you start doing flips, I want to see you get punched in the face. I want to see you get choked out like this. So, I liked competency by the bad guys here, that they just weren't, oh, they're befuddled by all the athleticism of I'm like, girl, why are you doing flips? You're quick. Run! <laughs> Run! Run! <laughs> what, what are you doing fighting Shayna Baszler? You can barely get by, Vanessa Bourne. Go get out of there, woman! What are you doing? I I howled at this. Okay, this
0: babyface, courage, Jeff. Oh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do
1: this flip, and I'm gonna do this wheelbarrow. up, choke her out! Yes, I applauded madly. And
0: I mean, it's, it's just funny, tricky they- because the heel logic here is the heels run right because they're cowardly. But in this case, it would be smart for all four of the competitors in the match to run.
1: I liked that. I liked the bullying of Percy at the announcer's desk. I, 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 uh, it, it's interesting because it went from this to the, to the, talking about the, uh, the four way. And it's so weird looking at that four way because it's, it, it's, it's Shayna with kind of like, just kind of like daring you to jump her from behind with that kind of behind the back look. You have Io Shirai who looks like she's kind of the mom of the group, even though she's younger than she she's younger than uh Kyrie Sane. But she has a maturity about her. You have Bianca Belair who's just the awesome athlete looking cocky and swagger, and then you have, I'm a pirate and I'm just like, one of these things does not fit like the other. As much as I love Kyrie Sane, it feels like she's playing she she's a she's a twelve year old playing dress up at times, and I just, I'm just like, you know, I'm, it's it's the little sister quotient, it's like, okay, we got these three bad teenagers and little sisters coming along, I I howled at this, just this visual.
0: Then, speaking of visuals, Kona Reeves arrives on the scene and he faces (laughs) off with Matt Riddle. Connor Reeves has a a wig made out of Hollywood John Tatum's hair that is set on his head not quite right.
1: Let's put it this way, Chris. Let's go with the positives first. The shirt improves the look more than just coming out in his little
0: Yes, I agree with that.
1: It it improves it by about tenfold. I still can't help but call him Focata every time I see him because he has the same build as Okada, he just doesn't have nearly the moveset of him. I, I I want him to
0: succeed so bad. Okay, so let's stay on the he positives. Needs... I, I can build on this, too. You know what he does well? His heel selling is actually pretty fun. Yes. Yes. I So, like, what he lacks on offense, and there's there's a lot of holes here still, but his heel style selling, it's there. I like that. It's an upper
1: body business. He needs a little bit more.
0: yeah. And then, obviously, you know, technique would go a long way, too.
1: Yeah, but his gear is just like, he looks like a kid in underwear. Yes. And it's 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 so The finest weird to gimmick watch.
0: doesn't work for this guy. I, I don't know what the right gimmick is, but this is not the right gimmick, and it feels so try-hard.
1: You know what? I thought they had something when they had Born with him. I do. I, I think that was a nice little dynamic. Because she's obviously the confident. Right. Cause, right. Look, Van- Vanessa Bourne does not hurt for confidence. No, she is out there, and she is, um, you know. No, he needs to be. Like, he
0: needs to be in like you know, uh, air quotes, glamorous couple, and they're like kind of like grossly into each other, and l- yeah, no, that would actually go a long way.
1: But she's the Lady Macbeth of the yes.
0: two. Yeah, sure. And she always has crazy. Because she's out there. Right, right, right. He's crazy and so is she.
1: She's out there in her underwear and she does not give an F about anybody. I mean, she is just, I mean, I I admire the hell out of Vanessa Bourne sometimes because I'm just like, she has swagger for days and I think there's not enough wrestlers who have swagger.
0: So Matt Riddle eventually gets the win over (laughs) Kona Reeves. (laughs) Whose manager I... is not Vanessa Board, but somehow we got back there,
1: dude. You you gotta. I mean, we gotta get to the headline here.
0: Velveteen Dream does the thing. He yes. comes out on the sofa, and this is the type of thing that we were talking about last week that we wanted out of Velveteen Dream. We need more championship caliber stuff, and him coming out on a sofa flanked by women sipping from a chalice, holding his title belt. Yes, absolutely,
1: Chris. This is a distraction finish. This is a distraction. This is how you do it. Yeah, you right. Yeah. Yeah, this is how you do that. A puff of smoke, a couch being shoved by hot women drinking from a chalice. This look, the only way this could have been better is if velveteen dream had come out on a giant spliff. And Matt Riddle had been so enamored. He has. He Dude, has a platter. Look at that. The, <laughs> the, problem, the problem
0: is you couldn't defeat Riddle because he's undefeated going into this tile match. But if there was yeah. ever going to be a reason to do a distraction finish, yes, Velvet T Dream comes out. His music's on. He's got a couch. There's a platter with a whole bunch of Dank Nugs, and Matt Riddle gets counted <laughs> out. <laughs> He come, he comes out
1: with a giant bag of weed. Just
0: come on over. Russ right, keeps counting.
1: Right. And I want one of these. I want one of these for every feud Velveteen Dream has. If this is going to be a staple of the Velveteen Dream character, I am fine with this. I am fine with just what is the dumbest thing that would distract a professional athlete from trying to win. Well, it makes win. sense because he's a deeply <laughs>
0: distracted guy, right? He's so ostentatious that it's easy to get distracted by all the things he does. So when you, when his music hits and the lights hit and he comes out and he's dressed in very flamboyant outfits, it makes sense that that would catch somebody's eye more so than, like, let's say, Randy Orton.
1: <laughs> You've seen the movie RoboCop, right? I mean,
0: yeah, it's one of the greatest movies. It's a documentary shot in I- real time. <laughs>
1: Okay, mark, mark down the time, because, because you may need to, to bleep me out here. I know we don't usually do that, but we might. But I, I wanted him to pull a, when, when, when Matt Riddle came up, I wanted him to pull a Clarence Boddicker when he goes to Bob's house to kill him, and look at the women and goes
0: Censored.
1: Leave. <laughs> That's all that segment needed was for him to dr- tell the ladies to go away while he talks to Matt Riddle. I did like Riddle's reaction to this. It, it, it was kind of ostentatious in the way Matt Riddle's going to be. But but you know what? It was nice. I I, uh, I wish he had kind of thrown the drink on Velveteen Dream. But uh, look, a couch coming out in smoke with hot women on. I howled at this. I, I was trying to think, okay, Chris, what would your big distraction look like?
0: Velveteen Dream could show up with Hendrix's guitar. And be like, "Hey, Chris, you want to play that?" And th- and then I would, and then I'd be getting counted out, and then I'd lose my title shot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hendrix's guitar. I got Dude, this I from found Prince. These basement tapes. I think you'll
0: like this. And then he hands me like one of Prince's weird shaped guitars.
1: Want to hear these unreleased CDs that I got from Prince's Vault? Yes, I do. Come on.
0: Oh, really? Another 25-minute <laughs> version of I Will Die for You? Yes. Sign me up. It's a, and oh, it's a country album with him on slide guitar. Oh, I'm all over that. Um, And then we get to our main events now that we have opined on the Velveteen Dream here.
1: Oh, get ready, because I'm going to opine on the Forgotten Sons, okay, too. Okay.
0: Okay. Alistair Black <laughs> and Ricochet defeated the Forgotten Sons. Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler with Jackson Riker to go on to become your tag team classic winners, the champions, the trophy holders. Um, you know the Forgotten Sons, Jeff. Um, Chris,
1: I figured out my problem with them. I figured out. I figured out.
0: Okay, yeah. I, I have a hard. I don't even know where to start with them. I feel like I've because everything at the same like time that. I thought it,
1: they verbalize one part of it. Riker and Steve Cutler come off as legit badasses because they have the military background. They have that kind of cold, icy, steely stare. I grew up uh, on military housing. I grew up around military people. You can tell the demeanor, even if they're acting in this way. Wesley Blake is the probie who, when he gets his cut, says, hey guys, let's go to the nearest bar and start a giant bar fight. He's that guy. He's goofy. He's doing all the genuflecting and stuff like that. You know, oh, I'm going to fight you. All the overacting, all the phony, tough stuff that they're doing. While the other two guys just kind of look at him like, dude.
0: Yeah. And so that gets into the second part, which is that the group dynamic is still not there. What are their specific roles? At one point, we were introduced to Cutler as the leader, and we've talked about that before. Then they backed off of Cutler as the leader. And no one seems to drive the car, and no one seems to have a specific function in this group. They're basically three of the I same thought, guy.
1: I thought Riker was the leader. He's the spiritual leader who brought it all the. I thought he was going to because be. it was originally cut. It was originally Cutler and Blake, and then Riker comes in, and they all and they both defer to him. And then he was going to be, you know, he's you know. He, Now he's become like the muscle,
0: like he's like a mini version of Diesel for Shawn Michaels.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very odd. There doesn't seem to be a leader. And, And again, to me, my biggest issue with them is they are wrestlers acting like bikers instead of what if we put bikers in the ring? Right. They still wrestle like competent wrestlers a little bit too much for my taste. They need to be more brawling. Their look needs to be a little bit more... Denomy, I think. I, I don't know. I I did like this match for what it was because it was a great... I mean, they make great opponents for guys like Ricochet and Aleister Black who are a little bit smaller and a little bit quicker. I thought that part of the story was great. Um, this has not been my favorite Dusty Classic in the in the world because I really liked the first round most of all, and I kind of tuned out after that a little bit. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking very forward to the... Uh, to the tag team title match at Yeah, Takeover.
0: good safe choice here at TakeOver. I, I thought there was a decent chance the Forgotten Sons might win this and then just go on to face the War Raiders, and the War Raiders would beat them at TakeOver. I'll be interested to see what happens for Ricochet and Black at uh, TakeOver. We'll talk about that more in the TakeOver preview. But, yeah, no, I think this is a good match for that card. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, this card, I mean, you lose a great match in Lee and Dijakovic. But I mean, it's still—you've
0: now ensured that the tag team title match is going to be sweet.
1: Yeah, it's going to—it's going to get its time. Yeah, I think—I think, I th- I think they'll just have those matches and, and just expand the time elsewhere like that. I think the women's four-way is going to need a few minutes to really get hot.
0: You know what I was reminded of when they were recapping the trophy and everything going into this main event? Remember the authors of pain?
1: well it's it's weird because i i I was going to bring this up in the news section but today is the fourth anniversary of the first really attempt by wwe to see what they had with nxt when they did wrestlemania up in santa clara california they decided look this nxt show is getting a lot of buzz and it was getting a lot of buzz because of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, but also because of the Sasha Banks-Charlotte feud. And, Char- and Sasha Banks was really coming into her own as a character. And so they decide, you know what, we got something here. Let's run an NXT show at the San Jose University uh, Event Center, whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called. I drove up to San Jose expressly to watch that show. I, I didn't stay for WrestleMania. I just went up for that show. And, and Chris, let me tell you something. There has been fewer times I've left a wrestling arena with so much joy in my heart over a card I watched than that one. It was so good, I bought an NXT shirt thinking I was supporting the little guy. That's how much I liked that <laughs> show. It, it, it was a celebration of, you know... You know this new thing that was coming up. You could see, you could see Vince and Stephanie backstage from all, from Gorilla, kind of peeking in on the crowd and listening to it and 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 the cheers and stuff. Sasha and and Charlotte had a great match. Um, Owens and and Zayn had a had a stare down, as I recall. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't remember the rest of the card. I, I went with uh, WrestleNomics and now AEW Vice President of. BS, as they call it, business stuff, uh, Muki Ghana, and uh listener to the show, uh, Damian Gonzalez. And it was just, it, it was one of the best live wrestling events I've ever been to. And it was just, to, to, to see how far NXT has come, and, and to think that it feels like it's been a lifetime, but it was only four years ago, where the horsewomen were still, you know, I, I think, Bailey Curtain jerked on that show against Dana Brooke, of all people, you know, to get the hometown pop going. If I'm remembering the card correct,
0: I think that is right. But, but and to, didn't didn't they start the no? That was UK. I was going to say the hey hey Bailey. Um, I think that's UK. No, no, that that's that was UK. UK. You're correct. Yeah, on that.
1: yeah. Let's see what, what else. Did, oh, 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 I found the card. Here it is. Uh, Hideo Tommy versus Tyler Breeze. Where Tommy finally hit the GTS after teasing it for a number of weeks. Uh, Bull Dempsey versus Jason Jordan. <laughs>
0: remember <laughs> yeah, Bull Dempsey? I remember Bull Dempsey.
1: <laughs> oh, here it was. He didn't they didn't curtain jerk. It was Becky Lynch and Dana Brooke against Alexa Bliss and Bailey as a tag match. And and Bailey was so overcome with emotion, it looked like she started to cry when she came out at first. Uh, Callisto versus Solomon Crow. A.K.A. Sammy Callahan. I
0: got a lot of Sammy Callahan when I was doing Lucha of the Hidden Temple. Uh,
1: Barry, Baron Corbin came out to a pop, if you can believe that, and he fought Rhino. Uh, and then the crowd turned on Corbin as soon as that happened. That <laughs> was great. Uh, Blake and Murphy beat the Villains and Enzo and Cass. Uh, Sasha versus Charlotte for the NXT women's title. Sami Zayn cut a promo on, on Kevin Owens, and then Finn Balor versus Adrian Neville. Yeah, no, that was a spectacular card. I absolutely had a blast. That was worth the long drive back and forth. I believe uh, some of my early audio is still available after after doing that, because I got home on Saturday and called Rob and go, Rob, we need to cut audio now. We need to do a show. <laughs> That's how exciting it was then to be an NXT fan. And to see what this... I mean, there's never been a bad takeover. So I am I am looking so forward to yet another great takeover.
0: Yeah, over. right. They they never miss, e- even when the week-to-week kind of misses. The the big shows hit it out of the park every single time. I'm really looking forward to this WrestleMania weekend. Uh, we'll do all of our previews and everything when we come back next week on Tuesday with Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. But in the interim, my name is Christopher Brino. You can find me on Twitter at c h r i s n o v e m b r i n o jeff hawkins is at c r a p g a m e what's the number after 11 jeff
1: it's actually 14.
0: 13 it's 14 yeah. 15 <laughs> 17 18 and of course you can go to our patreon patreon.com/shake them ropes you can check out our most recent episode but you can check out all of our archival episodes too on the patreon they're kind of evergreen the most recent episode we did was taking a look at WCW Saturday Night from December 26th in 1992. Getting ready for Starcade Battle Bowl. Who will get the ring? We'll find out. Or you, of course, can look up the card and find out already. But, you know, it's more fun if you watch along with us. Go check that out at patreon.com slash shake them ropes. You can also follow the
1: show at... Oh, sorry. (laughs) I was going to say, you can follow the show at Shake Them Rubs if you just want the feed of the episodes.
0: Absolutely. And then, of course, my other show is Don't Worry About the Government. Go and check it out at Don'tWorry.tv and by searching for Don't Worry About the Government on iTunes and Stitcher. My name's Chris Dovambrino. He's Jeff Hawkins. And until the next one, Bye-bye.